Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. First of three projects to widen Highway 1 through the township of Langley between 216 and 264th Street began today. Transportation Minister Rob Fleming made the announcement at a morning news conference uh, in Langley. He said the first part of the project is the 19.5 million new Glover Road crossing that will increase the height clearance uh, over uh, the uh, highway. Completion of that uh, crossing is expected to be in the summer of 2024. I know a lot of folks who do listen to us every single day are... um, have to deal with the, of course, the congestion on Highway 1. And today's announcement also comes about a year, uh, well, a year ago now, after torrential rain-fueled mudslides, debris flows and flooding uh, all hammered critical infrastructure along uh, the corridors in southwestern uh, British Columbia. Some have said those permanent repairs to the Coahalla, the Trans-Canada, the Nicola Highways will cost about a billion dollars. So I thought today's announcement was a good time for us to catch up with the minister to get an idea of of how um, rebuilding that part of southwest Western BC is going as well. Rob Fleming is BC's Minister of Transportation and Infrastructure, and he joins us now. Minister, thank you for joining us. My pleasure, Jazz. It's good to be with you again. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um, uh, just uh, Highway 1 just for a second because so much of our audience, um, uh, you know, navigates through Highway 1 to get into work every single day. Uh, the biggest, uh, probably part of today's announcement is the um, widening between 216th and 264th Street. How, when will you start construction there and how long will it take? Yeah. So we're aiming to start as soon as we can, possibly by the end of this calendar year. And uh, it'll be 10 kilometers worth of widening. And it's certainly part of, as you said in your introduction, a a phased approach to widen Highway 1 all the way out to Chilliwack. And I think what's interesting, too, is that you mentioned the atmospheric river. And that's going to require some some new thinking because, of course, several kilometers, I think about seven kilometers of Highway 1 was underwater uh, in in the Sumas Prairie area. Mm-hmm. And we've got to have our engineers working with those planning enhanced flood defenses um, in, in, in Abbotsford uh, involved in making sure that the highway is complementary and not competing with the new flood management uh, infrastructure that is going to have to be built there. So uh, we, we consulted on the, the next phase about 15 months ago and a year ago. We had the, the heaviest storm um, on record in 250 years. So we know that building back infrastructure better uh, in, in, in all of the areas that were damaged is, is, is the smart way to go forward so that we're not doing this over and over again. And unfortunately, extreme weather events are going to be more frequent and they're with us. So it's about climate adaptation and climate resiliency, and Highway 1 is part of that as well. So before we talk a little bit about uh, the interior, so this is going up to 264th. Uh, how long, is the process already begun about potentially widening all the way out to at least Abbotsford, or is that still years away? That We're going to sequence it, and uh, the intention is to keep widening uh, Highway 1 for a number of reasons. One is it's four Fraser Valley commuters who are stuck in traffic, Um, you know, the extra lane in each direction is going to be extremely helpful. But it's also about trying to shift uh, travel modes as well. So, you know, we we only have about 2% mode share for public transit in the Fraser Valley. This is about 
enabling uh, bus priority lanes uh, that will be part of this highway widening, mm-hmm. um, active transportation along the corridor as well. So the Glover Road uh, overpass today is going to have three meters each side for active transportation. That's everything from e-bikes to pedestrians connecting, in this case, with the Trinity Western uh, University campus. And uh, look, we want to uh, align our transportation investments with opening up uh, land for uh, industrial purposes. We have an industrial land shortage, so the Gloucester uh, interchange is, is important for that. And, and also housing opportunities, affordable housing opportunities uh, to be uh, built uh, along these, alongside these trans- transportation investments. Mm-hmm. Now, last year with that atmospheric river, significant damage, to, as I was saying, to the Trans-Canada, Nicola Highways and, and the Coquihalla. Give me an update on where we are in regards to some of those repairs and the conditions of those highways. Where are we in regards to the spend? Yeah, well, I think I think most of your listeners who used the Coquihalla last summer, uh, for example, will not really notice the difference between temporary repairs, which have been completed now, and we're going into the permanent repair phase, uh, because the highway is, is is flowing again. It's 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 working. Uh, the connection is is solid. We're just going to have a regular battle with with winter and snowshed there, but the Coquihalla work has been incredible. And, uh, and that highway has been open, well, it was open 35 days after the storm events, uh, December 20th mm-hmm. last year. I was just on Highway 8 between Merritt and Spence's Bridge, and we celebrated the reconnection and, and the highway being open to public use about 51 weeks after the storms. That was probably the trickiest highway to repair. Uh, we had about 200 workers going flat out on that project, but seven kilometers of that highway literally disappeared into the Nicola River. So... We have some very interesting uh, new engineering and uh, resilient road building standards that are part of rebuilding that. And of course, a lot of First Nations communities living across that corridor, some of whom were kept from their homes for a long time, who had to have food and water flown in. And uh, it's been a very difficult year for all those involved living on the Highway 8 corridor. But what a milestone to celebrate yesterday. It was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the total cost of, as you say, Build Back Better, uh, repairing, uh, temporarily repairing um, those roadways and highways uh, during the atmospheric river and then, of course, a permanent fix? What's the total cost for all of that? Yeah, for Highways 1, Fraser Canyon, Highway 8, and the Coquihalla Highway 5, we spent about $250 million to date on the temporary repairs, getting those highways reopened. We expect the, the cost to be somewhere around $1 billion for all the permanent repairs uh, to be done. So um, it is a lot of money. Uh, we will have a partner with the federal government. These are eligible for disaster financial assistance, so up to 70% of the costs will be covered by the federal government. We've been involved every step of the way with them. Uh, about our engineering thinking and about how important it is to have a sort of a build back better approach that takes into account uh, mass precipitation events uh, like we experienced a year ago. And they agree entirely that the engineering standards for vulnerable infrastructure like this uh, in our province need to be built to a much higher standard. And, and, and that's the approach we've taken on the Coquihalla and all the highways that were, uh, that were suspended and disrupted. Well, it has been a fascinating uh, following this story, and and uh, it uh, I did uh, drive uh, on the Coquihalla about uh, what six weeks ago, and it was just a wonderful condition. It speaks to the great work that uh, folks are doing out there, and uh, I do want to appreciate uh, you making time for us today because it is such an important part. Uh, once you get out of the Lower Mainland, how vitally important transportation and, and those roadways are for many of our folks uh, listening in the interior. Thanks so much, Minister. Thanks so much for having me, Jess.